and welcome back to Girl on Fire, the financial independence podcast for independent women. My name is Priya. I'm a chartered accountant and analyst and the creator of Paper Money Co. I'm also a fierce financial feminist and the host of this podcast. I believe that a woman who is in control of her money is in control of her life. This week, we're talking about financial minimalism. We're talking about what it is and a few ways that you can practice financial minimalism. Financial minimalism is one of those buzzwords that seems to be going around, so I thought this would be a fun little episode to do. But before we get started, I want to remind you to head to my website, papermoneyco.com forward slash start investing to download your free copy of my investing starter guide. It is back by popular demand. It's totally free. You just need to enter in your email address and I'll send it straight to your inbox. It gives you a step-by-step plan to follow to get your finances ready to start investing, including working with a budget, building an emergency fund, and paying off debt. The sooner you can get your foundation set and get those good money management practices in place, the sooner you can start investing and building your wealth. If you're really serious about learning to master your money, then it's the perfect guide for you and I'd hate for you to miss out on it. As always, Girl on Fire is about learning, so grab your favorite notebook or journal and get ready to take some notes or draw some diagrams, write down your questions for me, you do you. If you listen to this show while doing other stuff or you can't find a pen, then you can always head to papermoneycoat.com forward slash gof51 for the transcript. Okay, let's dive in. So first up, what is financial minimalism? Financial minimalism can be defined in a number of ways. It's kind of one of those woo-woo millennial concepts that means different things to different people. But one of the most common definitions I've seen is this. Financial minimalism means only spending money on the things you need and not spending money on the things you don't. It's the idea of only spending on what's required and nothing else. Now, I have two issues with this kind of standard definition, you know, because one problem wasn't enough. First, I think it's a really judgmental way to think about what someone needs or what's required to live one's life. Because books and stationery and plush toys don't put air in my lungs or food in my belly or blood in my veins, but they make me happy. They're a way for me to express myself and my emotions and deal with the stress in my life. They comfort me when I'm sad and soothe me when I'm anxious and they can genuinely help me feel more like myself when I'm depressed. This is exactly why I have a fun spending sinking fund in my budget. I know that spending money to buy things I like is part of what makes me enjoy life. So instead of berating myself for spending money, I plan for it. Now, this isn't 1922 anymore. We know how important good mental health is. So who out there has the right to tell me that those things are things that I don't need? Who out there has the right to tell you that your Netflix subscription or your weekly brunch with your friends or your monthly wine club subscription box isn't something you need. So that's the first issue I have with this definition of financial minimalism. It's telling you what you need and you know that I hate being told what to do or what my life should look like. The other problem I have with financial minimalism is that it's all about minimizing, downsizing and only living with what you need. Think of how a minimalist lives, what their home looks like. They have only what they need and nothing more. And the reason that idea of financial minimalism doesn't sit well with me is because I feel like I'd be living like a monk and that's not going to work for me. I like things. 
I like having things and buying things and collecting things, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with liking things. Yes, of course, when money was tight, I had less, and that's a good thing. When I didn't have the money to spend on stationery and candles, I didn't buy those things. But in all honesty, I don't want to keep living like I'm struggling and give up everything I love for the sake of saving every penny I possibly can. I know that if I were to spend only on the bare minimum and nothing more, I would save so much money, and then I could invest that and maybe I could retire in 10 years. But those 10 years are going to be miserable. I'll be giving up everything I love, and then I'll have to maintain that lifestyle to make sure I don't run out of money. Making sacrifices and being unhappy in the short term is one thing, but if that's the permanent state of your life, then let me ask you, is it worth it? Is it worth it to spend 40 years of your life working to earn money only to save every penny and be miserable the entire time? I'm going to guess that it's not, just like it isn't worth it for me. And that's why I prefer to think of financial minimalism a little bit differently. Instead of cutting out what you don't quote unquote need, whatever that means, try cutting out what doesn't matter. And I hate using this word because it's really overused, but it's not about minimizing your spending. It's about being intentional with your spending. Now, in this next part of this episode, let's go through some ways that you can practice financial minimalism, but not the sell everything you own and live like a monk version, the focus on what matters to you version. So how do you practice financial minimalism? Some of the popular advice out there tells you things like cancel your subscriptions, grow your own herbs and veggies, take a bottle of water when you go out instead of ordering drinks, or arrange a clothing swap with your friends. And you'll notice that those are all ideas that you can implement when you're trying to save money. And there's nothing wrong with any of those practices, as long as they work for you and they align with what matters to you. But what does matter to you? Sometimes you can answer that question in a second, and sometimes you need to think about it a little bit. And if you've lost your way a little bit and you need some help identifying what matters to you, then journaling and reflection are some tools that will really help. A gratitude journal is also a great way to identify what matters to you. It forces you to think about what you're grateful for in your life. And please don't let the idea of gratitude journaling or any journaling scare you. It really doesn't have to be more than a line a day. You can write it by hand or write it in a note on your phone. Make it as easy as possible for yourself because then you're more likely to actually do it. Because here's the thing, you can plant and grow your own herbs to save money if you want to. And if that's something that you love and it's something that matters to you to have freshly grown garden picked herbs, then that's great. But if you're an indoor person like me who has zero interest in gardening and doesn't want to get dirty, then you're going to be miserable. And being miserable for a little while might be worth it. Those are the sacrifices we all have to make from time to time. But financial minimalism isn't something you do for a couple of years. It is a full lifestyle change. It's the rest of your life. And the older I get, the more I'm learning that if something costs me my overall happiness, then it's just too expensive. When I look over some of the gratitude journaling I've done in the past, these are some of the things I've been grateful for. A loving husband who supports all my stupid ideas and cares for me. The medicine that keeps me standing upright and the ability to seek medical care when I need it. A good friend to laugh with and have deep conversations with. Fresh, clean water to drink and keep myself clean and healthy with. This then translates to not only how I spend my money, but how I spend my time and the goals that I set for myself. 
So here are some other ways you can be really intentional about your spending. Focus on what matters and get rid of what doesn't. First up, create a budget. Spend every dollar on paper before you go out and spend it in real life. That gives you a chance to really think about what you're spending your money on. And if you notice that you can't stick to your budget, it's more than likely because your budget doesn't reflect what's really going on in your life and what's really important to you. Here's another one. Sell or donate anything that you aren't using, that you don't want anymore and just doesn't serve you. Instead of letting it sit around and collecting dust, get rid of it. Only keep things that you want and need in your home, in your car, in your bag, in your desk. Also, perhaps try repurposing, recycling or reusing what you can. This is one of those things that certainly helps you cut costs, but that's just so that you have more money left over for the things that you really want. For example, you see it all over Instagram with some beauty and skincare brands. They take the empty jars and they plant things in them. It's actually a good way to start a little herb garden if you want to try it out without committing to it. Another way to be really intentional with how you spend your money is to prioritize quality over quantity. Quality is usually more expensive, but as the old saying goes, buy cheap, buy twice. Of course, still do your research, shop around, and make sure that what you're paying for is actually quality and not just a brand or a celebrity endorsement or a luxury title. And the last tip I have for you is this, do what you can to curb your impulse spending. When we're spending on impulse, we're usually just buying something out of convenience. It's there and we want to buy something, so we buy that. But if you're going to spend money anyway, spend it on something you want and something you value. We talked all about impulse spending and retail therapy in episode 47, so go and check out that episode after this one if you haven't already. But at the end of the day, my point is this. You work damn hard for your money. You're going to trade decades of your life to earn it and you're not taking it with you. So you might as well enjoy it. Just because you're financially responsible and saving money and investing for retirement doesn't mean you don't get to have some fun too. And that's all I have for you girls on fire today. My challenge for you this week is to look at all your choices for the next week through the lens of financial minimalism. Not just your financial choices, actually, but your life choices too. Try to prioritize only those things that add value to your life or serve you in some way. Start cutting out the things that don't matter so that you can make more room, more money, more energy, more time for the things that do. On next week's episode, we're talking about ways to practice financial self-care. It's going to be a really interesting episode, so you're definitely not going to want to miss it. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast at papermoneycode.com forward slash podcast review. It really helps me figure out whether you're enjoying this content and learning from it. Reviews help me improve my content so the episodes get better and better and they help other women out there in the internet wilderness come and find us as well. It's also a great way to support this show. It's totally free and I love reading your reviews. As always, if you enjoyed this episode or found it interesting, then spread the love and share it with your friends. And remember, when you're in control of your money, you're in control of your life. Bye for now. I'll see you next week.